I'm Luke. And I'm Jason. We're the guys from that film, Stu, and this is our latest episode where we look at some of the most recent news stories from the world of film and television. In today's show, Seth Rogen has announced the star-studded voice cast of the upcoming Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Detective Pikachu 2 seems to be moving forward. Uh, they've got a director. And Lord of the Rings are making a return to the big screen. Before we get into it, make sure you subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, wherever you can find us, and feel free to leave us a review. And follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as that Film Street Podcast. So Jason, how about you kick things off? What is our first movie topic? Let's start with the old the old Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, Mutant Mayhem is the name of the movie. The, the star-studded voice cast um, was announced by Seth Rogen at the Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards. I mean, should I just go through the names? Is that what I'm doing? There is a many. I'm glad, so, yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad I started. Um, and I'm probably going to uh, pronounce most of them wrong. Uh, Mika Abbey as Donatello, Shaman Brown Jr. as Michelangelo, Hannibal Burris as Genghis Frog. That's that guy from, from uh, the Spider Man movies, eh? that teacher. Rose Byrne, we know her as Leatherhead, Nicholas Cantu as Leonardo, John Cena, no one's seen him, as Rocksteady, Jackie Chan. My God, as Splinter. It's like I'm reading this for the first time. Ice Cube. Oh, crap, as Superfly. Uh, N- Natasha or Natasia Demetrio as Wingnut. Ayo Debris as April O'Neil. Uh, oh, uh, Giancarlo es- Esposito. I know him, but I probably said his name wrong still. As Baxter Stockman. Post Malone as Ray Fillett, Brady Noon as Raphael, Seth Rogen as Bebop, Paul Rudd as Mondo Gecko, and Maya Rudolph as Cynthia Utram. All I can do is apologize, and in future episodes, <laughs> I won't give you such a long list of cast Are you members. apologizing to me or the people who I've Everybody involved. Everybody, Everybody involved. involved. That is uh, a long list, but it's not just the actors. I mean, some of those character names, uh, there's some interesting ones on I mean, there. that's like deep. I mean, this movie is clearly going to have some deep uh, Ninja Turtle lore with the, you know, myth, the characters. Like, we're, we're getting some. I, I mean, mean I've heard of the names, but I'm not familiar with a lot yeah, of them. There's some I've not heard but, of, like Genghis Frog, Superfly, <laughs> the Ice Cube character, I believe, is a new character. But there's some on there that I've just never heard of before. But what's worth noting, though, for the first time ever, they've actually cast teenagers as the Turtles. This this is the first time ever. I mean, that would be why, you, you know, I mean, the bulk of the the cast names that I weren't familiar with were, I guess, the ones playing the Turtles themselves. Like Four Mick of them. Abbey, Shimon Brown Four of the cast. Stuff. I mean, that's it. I mean, the rest of them, like you said, or like I said, I guess, well, you wrote it, um, star-studded. Like, this is an insane list. And not just like, oh, yeah, look, like, oh, we know them. It's like Jackie Chan as Splinter. That's Holy probably like, my favourite out of all of them. That's just, <laughs> that's just fun. That's just fun. Look, we, we enjoy John Cena. We enjoy Ice Cube. You know, they're, they're great. Having Paul Rudd in this as well, like, yeah, all right. I mean, at this point, he gets where water can't. 
to be honest, like Paul Rudd, <laughs> it feels like he's everywhere, which I'm absolutely fine with. I'm a big fan of his, like most people, most people are. But yeah, but again, teenagers voicing turtles. I mean, I'm talking going back to the cartoon from the 80s, the 90s movies, live action. Like it's never been done. It, it's, it's never, never been, done. been done. Even the, is... what about even like the, like the, the turtles cartoons that are more aimed at like, younger audiences like it's just not been done i'll give you an example right not rise of the teenage mutant ninja turtles which has been the most recent one but the one they did before that that's pretty popular voicing leonardo jason biggs that's just weird but that, I think that's, was like, that's what happened whatever that turtles thing was there was like dinosaurs or something it was like some movie or whatnot i think you it was a preschool it. one off these like 20 minutes it's on paramount yeah, plus I, but it, it honestly that like seth was, green was one of the characters i think it was like michelangelo or something just like, accept it man it's never been done this this yeah, is well, this I'm is like a first it. so this is a real fact <laughs> good on them but i think it might throw some people though because they're going to look like the turtles and although they sound like they should, because they're supposed to be teenagers, they might sound very young. So it might take some audiences a while to get used to the voices, but it's it's a good choice. And I can't believe it's taken until now for them to actually make that choice. And Seth Rogen, good on you. <laughs> and I love how he's just cast himself as Bebop. I mean, of course. <laughs> With a voice like his... It would be criminal not to. Not necessarily Bebop, but any character. I mean, he's got such a great voice. But of course, he's an actor. I mean, I, Bebop is the pig, right? No, that's... Rocksteady's... Yeah, oh, yes, yes, that is, yeah. And Rocksteady's the rhino, yeah. yeah? Rocksteady, yeah. I just yeah. want to confirm before I said something idiotic. So, yeah. So, John the... Cena is the rhino. Right, and... Seth Rogen once again is playing a pig. Well, I think it's a warthog, but yes, that's um anyway. We've got more things to talk about, not just teenage mutant. Okay, once again, that is once again is playing a warthog. Yes. Oh, that's where you were going with that. Well done. That's yep. where I was going with that. The Lion King. There we warthog go. Right, for on. the second time. That's all I want to say. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I'm trying to move on. A sequel to Pokemon Detective Pikachu is in the works with Portlandia co-creator Jonathan Crystal to direct and Chris Galletta to write. Really surprised by this. Insiders believe, so nothing confirmed here, but insiders believe Ryan Reynolds will have some part to play in the upcoming sequel. There's an aspect of this which I'm not surprised with, and that is the they're doing another live-action Pokemon movie. This should have been greenlit like four years ago, I think. Like, I know you weren't the biggest fan. I, I think you actually hated the movie, but look. Pokemon I found the pretty... whole experience uncomfortable, and that no, no, started yeah, yeah. with asking for a ticket to see the movie. The whole thing was no, just... Anyway, it was... Yeah, I know. But look, Look, the movie was fairly enjoyable for people who actually knew what the whole Pokemon was. Um, so, like, they, and it was mildly successful. I think, I think it was like mid to high four hundred million worldwide or something. Which for this, yeah, like I don't know, it was fine. It was all good. There should be another one. What's surprising is that they are making it a sequel. Like, a, they're doing another Detective Pikachu movie, and that might just be maybe the news is diluted here. Maybe it's not actually a sequel to 
like detect as in maybe it's not another detective pikachu movie and maybe it is just another live action one me hoping would be move on to something different do a different live action have it set you know like as a you know within the same world continue it exists in the same place do something different i mean the fact that they don't even know if ryan reynolds is going to be back voicing that pikachu again it wouldn't really make sense for that to be happening but he was the dad he was a human it was this doesn't make sense like it's done you know what that film didn't lend itself to someone who doesn't really know Pokemon to watch. Exactly. Because it wasn't I, an entry point. Yeah. No, it's no, a, no. It's, yeah. I didn't walk away from that movie thinking, do you know what? I know what Pokemon is now. I mean, no, I, I didn't realize. I didn't realize there were lots of Pikachus. I thought Pikachu was just one. <laughs> character. Oh, I, I, I can't get into it again. We, we did a full we did a full review. It was, it was a whole thing. What's also surprising though with this is the person that got tapped to direct, Jonathan Crystal. Look, everyone needs to start somewhere. And I, I haven't looked at anything this guy's I didn't watch anything this guy's done. So he could be goddamn amazing. But you look at his filmography in terms of what he's directed, and apart from a couple shorts, which again might be fantastic, but apart from a couple shorts, he's never done a feature film. Or by the time this movie comes out, he would have done one, but even that hasn't been released yet. Can't remember what it's called. Um, but he hasn't done a feature film. He hasn't really directed anything, even when it comes to like TV, besides some SNL stuff or whatever. Like, who is this guy really? Um, and this wouldn't be a small little indie film. Like, this is a big, expensive, shiny you know, IP that they're, they're doing. It's it's a surprising move. It could be a fantastic move, but it's surprising, and I have concerns. If this I film happens... <laughs> no, no, no. I was going to say, if this film happens, I'm absolutely going to go back and watch that first one again for a second time. I'm going to go back and watch it. Again, well, you even said, I want them to have a movie that is that does work as an entry point. We should... What they did was they set this movie, this first one, in a place that went against all the rules of the Pokemon world. So it was like, oh, like Pokemon aren't in Pokeballs and they don't have trainers and no one battles. It's all an underground. It's like, what the, like, what is this? I don't know. They need to just, I want to follow someone on a Pokemon journey, becoming a Pokemon trainer and doing stuff. And then something crazy happens along the way. It doesn't sound like that's what they're doing. It sounds like the, anyway, we just have to wait and see. You know, the main actor, the kid, Justice Smith, in that first Detective Pikachu movie, saw him there, and then he was in, what was it, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, or was he in the first yeah. Jurassic World as well? Yeah, Fallen Kingdom. Nah, it was a, back. Just Fallen Kingdom briefly in Dominion. Like a minute. And that's all I'd really <laughs> seen him. And then recently I watched a film, an Apple TV Plus original film, Sharper, with Julian Moore, John Lithgow. He's in it. And he's good. The kid can act. I'd just seen him. In these movies, that really didn't get him to do too much. But anyway, that's a pretty good film. Sharper. <laughs> he's no, like he's not. He's not a bad. He's like, not, he's but he's not, not getting to do much in here. I mean, he's you know he's in a Pikachu movie, so he's not going to be the main guy. And then you know a lot of what he does gets played for laughs in Jurassic World. Yeah, look, I mean, I saw him in a movie. I think it was, like, I think it was a Prime movie. Um, like. The Voyeurs, which also had that girl. What's that girl? It's up and coming now, Sydney Sweeney. And like, oh, yeah. That was the first time I saw him, and like, and I was like, oh, he is a good actor. 
Like he was fine in Detective Pikachu. Like it wasn't bad. It was just, oh, he's, he's doing nothing. Kingdom. He's doing nothing bad. Yeah, for, yeah. Kingdom just like, and maybe that wasn't his fault. It was just that movie. But like, he was like the worst character in that film. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Like, that, when I'd seen him, like, he's just there. Yeah, I watched him in Sharper. Oh, it's no, good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And from what I've seen of Dungeons and Dragons, like he looks pretty. It looks like he's pulling off some of the comedy chops. So oh, I forgot he was in that. That looks like, um, <laughs> yeah, that movie looks fun. Cool. I think we said it last time, but um, it's the trajectory of my interest has just gone up since there's they're releasing more stuff. So, um, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I'm at the point now where I will I definitely, I will definitely stream at home. That's where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> almost there. They've almost got you. All right. Um, Look, Disney released a trailer for Haunted Mansion starring Rosario Dawson and Lakeith Stanfield. You might be familiar with the Disneyland ride. <laughs> or more so. How many movies have they done? I know there's the Eddie Murphy movie. That's it. I, I believe that's it. Done one. Is... Was that a remake? Of... No, or there was, was that... the ride. That was. And then, keep in mind, right? the Eddie Murphy movie. You had Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates. Yep. And then and on the hills the Haunted that. Mansion was the next one but that that was the first movie and i quite liked that eddie murphy terence stamp you know that was pretty pretty decent it worked. i think that worked, it worked at the time as like a you know a mid-level sort of kids flick kind of thing eddie murphy at the at the steering wheel oh, you know like it's it was okay Rewatching it it's a bit of it's a bit rough it's it's a bit rough to watch it's it's not great this trailer looks better <laughs> This looks like a better movie already. Tonally, and with the ghosts, it was reminding me of the Ghostbusters reboot. You know, the way that they showed the ghosts there and similar style where the the ghosts are like almost glowing, like a luminous blue. Um, But you've got a great cast. You know, Owen Wilson is here. It looks looks like a fun movie. I like the the opening line, like with the, which I'm assuming is the mum and, uh, Rosario Dawson, you know, she's saying like something about like a candle, like oh, this candle, and it's gonna, you know, keep everything away. And the kids just like, will it though? <laughs> I feel like that was a good entry into yes. into what they're trying to pitch. And know? then she's I, like, I'm nope, like, we're out of here. And then you know, to the end of the trailer, you've got Owen Wilson's character and he's pulling the knife. <laughs> like, it's okay, I got this. Stupid white boy. <laughs> I mean, that's the sense you get uh, like out of it. So, look, I think with the with the family, I think there's going to be a lot of like 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 oh, like black humor sort of thing. You know, just like those sensibilities of just like how ridiculous the situation is, how they handle, you know, sort of, I guess like in a comedic way, like the horror elements of this. Obviously, it's going to be a Disney kids movie. I think a very. Uh, I think they're going to borderline teeter on that PG, on that PG line. A lot more than what they did with that Eddie Murphy one, for sure. Like you said, like with those Ghostbusters sort of comparisons where it's like, oh, this could actually, there could be some actual freaky, some freaky stuff in there. Not like freaky, freaky, but like. It just just looks like. Like like nice freaky. (laughs) Disney, (laughs) yes. Disney keeping (laughs) the casting in-house. It's like, you know, over at Lucasfilm, they've got Rosario Dawson. She's got a Ahsoka TV series coming out. Owen Wilson, you know, he's got his Mobius character in the Loki TV series. He's coming back for a second season. And then, I don't know, it just all feels very in-house. 
maybe maybe it was part of a deal it was like oh look i know you guys are you know you know big movie stars and all that kind of stuff but hey we want to we want you to be in our in our tv shows it's disney it's star wars it's marvel you know it's still big like oh look we'll, we'll put you in some movies as well but like along the line and then too bad could be absolutely could be i've got to be honest though <laughs> oh, <little> speculation <laughs> of course pleasantly surprised by this trailer because stand by this looks like a good film and again, looks better than an overall scene trailer, but tonally, it looks, it looks better than that first movie, which was fine for when it came out. But this looks like a good movie. So it was like Disney saying, hey, we're going to make another movie based on a theme park ride. Owen Wilson, we knew the cast was Oyo Dawson going in, but this actually looks decent. And like Keith Stanford as well, like... Um... Yeah, I've seen him in um, Atlanta. He's uh, is that the is that the right guy? Let me just double check that before I. Yeah, and like Keith Stanfield, like, I'm familiar with him in Atlanta, and he's fantastic in that. Like he is, like some of the some of the storylines and then like scenes that you have with that character and, and what he's done. Like, he's a great actor. So again, we've got a great cast here. So depending on what they do with this, like we could get some special stuff out of this, or it could just be a bag of laughs and that's okay as well. I just, I like horror and tonally something like this from Disney, something that I can share with my kids. We can watch together. It's going to be, it's going to be, there's going to be some moments where my youngest may look away, but Hopefully, you know, have a good time with it. But yeah, it, it does look, looks pretty, pretty good. Jack Kesey has been cast as Hellboy in Brian Taylor's Hellboy, The Crooked Man. Mike Mignola and Chris Golden wrote the script for the film and it is based on their original miniseries. So the actor, if you're unfamiliar, he played Black Tom in the prison scene in Deadpool 2. And my, my brain is like, I'm like, okay, yeah. sure. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe it's been I a while since you've seen. He ultimately gets, it, it's a brief scene where he goes up to Deadpool, there's an exchange, and then later on, sure. Black Tom is killed by Cable. But anyway, but point being, this is an actor cast as Hellboy that isn't David Harbour. It isn't Ron Perlman. And it's yep. the movie where it's earlier in Hellboy's life. It's a 1950s set film. And we talked about it last time when we first got the title and the people involved. But it, And we mentioned then that the casting is very close to happening or they're being very close to announcing the casting. I, mean, look, I can't help but still be baffled that they're giving this another shot again, which, which I mean, my concept of time is always wacky, but it just feels so soon. Again, as well, well so this will be the- two, 2019. That movie, it didn't quite gel. There's things that worked, oh, things that didn't. Nothing to do with David Harbour. I thought he was he was great in it. All I can think is whoever has the rights want to keep the rights. Money. Yeah, I reckon <laughs> that's sure. hopeful. I mean, I was excited about the involvement of. Hellboy creator Mike Mignola, but someone pointed out, but he was pretty involved in the David Harbour movie. I looked into it. He was an executive producer. 
That can oh, mean that means nothing. Or it could yeah. be yeah, or exactly. <laughs> or it could mean nothing. With, it's with just this, yeah. he's actually he's writing. Like he's there. not only so think, did he write the original three part comic with Chris Golden, they're both writing the film together as well. So it's I'll tell you what, Luke, nobody knows Hellboy better than this guy. I mean, he created the character. You know, I think one of the downsides, because like I said previously, like I enjoyed that David Harbour one more than the Ron Pillman ones. Like it just worked better as a movie for me. But the general audience, or at least the fan base of Hellboy, the fans of the, the first two, a lot of them seem stuck on the fact that I was like, no, just give us a third Ron Pillman, you know, Del Toro film. Yeah. I feel like that's there's a chance that that's just going to repeat itself again. Oh, like coming off that, you know, diluting, confusing the IP with the David Harbour one, people watch that, maybe didn't like it. There's going to be that connection there. If this movie falls flat, doesn't do what it what they want it to do, my prediction is that like Hellboy, Hellboy on the big screen is done. Whether it's my the prediction. Right thing, if this movie doesn't do well, five years, Hellboy TV series. That's what we'll be looking at. <laughs> Fair enough, and it might work really well. HBO Max, boom. I'm <laughs> optimistic, though, because the other Hellboy films, they've not actually adapted. I mean, yes, the first one was a loose adaption on the origin, which you kind of have to adapt it if you're going to tell an origin, but changes were made. This is an adaption of a fan favourite three-part series so mm. the foundation's there so I'm, I'm i am optimistic but what you were saying though potentially people only wanting a third del toro film they may stay away on that principle but we'll have to wait and see a, tra- a trailer could change people's minds or even yeah, see this true. guy as hellboy who knows A new Lord of the Rings, or, or should I say new Lord of the Rings films um, are in the works at Warner Brothers. Peter Jackson is reportedly talking with Warner's and New Line to determine what the relationship will be with the franchise going forward. So we recently had the, uh, what is it on? Amazon. It's on Amazon, isn't it? The, uh, the yep. Lord of the Rings TV series pretty successful i think it did it did well what's that the rings and, of power yeah whatever it's called it's you know it is what it do is. you know what um, i managed two episodes i've got little to no interest in any more well, you wanna, rings, I, mean, I know it's we only really, we only just got you watching the lord of the rings movies only recently for the past couple of years last year like, yep well, last year. Wow, well finish it yeah i'd no i had seen them before <laughs> but i missed the middle right. of return of the king but now i finally I mean, watched all of them it, i think it was <laughs> in <laughs> i think it, we don't need to get into why i missed it i think it was um in anticipation of the rings of power and yeah, I did two Wait, episodes. No, I had, a, is there we've a moved on. There, moved, there is, but we moved on. I had every intention <laughs> of watching... Tell me more. <laughs> I had every intention of watching The Rings of Power episode three, and it never happened. And I'm at the point now where it never will. But Lord <laughs> of the Rings, it's huge, it's popular. I understand. It's why we're talking about it now. And I know that you like, like his films, but it's interesting that yeah, like they that. are in talks with... Peter Jackson, so I'll have to wait and see 
what happens there? Because these movies have nothing to do with what Prime are doing. And Prime are going to continue with a second, maybe a third season. Who knows? But this is going to be like you can have two separate what Lord of the Rings series, films having nothing to do with each other. Insane that the TV show truthfully has nothing to do with the Peter Jackson films, the Hobbit trilogy, that's what I'm saying. the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah, so Prime's going to continue. And then mm. Warner Brothers' new line are going to continue doing a separate thing, whether it's connected to what's come before, Jackson's involvement. Because apparently Prime initially opened a dialogue exchange with Jackson, and then they just stopped replying to him. And then he just thought, right, well, that's that then. So they kind of like, they were looking, they were talking with him. Maybe some consulting was happening in the early stages. And then Prime just went and did the wrong thing. Well, well, look, the Lord of the Rings fan base is huge. And, you know, it's it's a property where, like, if you're going to make it, you're going to make it right. And you got to spend the money. And obviously Amazon has an abundance of money. That's why the TV show was able to exist as it exists in its form. But I feel like Lord of the Rings belongs on the big screen. Like, that's that's where it should be. It should be theatrical. It should be making all those types of crazy dollars and winning Best Picture awards and, and stuff like that. I mean... To me, I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm not in love with the series, but I appreciate the movies what they are. My wife's a big fan, you know, Rob from uh, what's that other show we did? Rewind Review. Massive Lord of the Rings fan. Like, he's obsessed. He keeps making me watch them and reviewing them. It's, it's, it's madness. Um, Noticed. So, look, <laughs> the fan base is out there, and we will do that third movie at some point when we can get around to bloody doing that show. But, yeah, no, it's good to, good to see it back, I guess. We'll see what happens. John Cena, Simu Liu, and Aquafina will star in Paul Feig's new action comedy, Grand Death Lotto. That will be a prime video original movie. So there you go. Just uh, linking back to our previous story. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I don't have to pay to go see the movies. Maybe we can, uh, maybe we can review it. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, we absolutely will review it, but not just because we can stream it at home. This actually sounds pretty fun. I mean, the cast is great. And a bit of a Shang-Chi reunion between Simu Lu and Aquafina with added Peacemaker. That's a... Well, John Cena was in... John Cena was in... Ah, oh, no, you just couldn't see, just him. see him. I mean, <laughs> is that joke gonna, <laughs> never going to get old? It's never going to get old. Never. It? Every time it comes up. Yeah. If you're unfamiliar with Grand Death Lotto, set in a very near future where a Grand Lottery has been founded in... Economically struggling California, the only caveat, if you want to legitimately claim the award, you must murder the winner before sunset. And it's Aquafina's character who is the winner. So then it's her with Cena, with Lou going on the run and people trying to kill her for the money. I mean, it sounds like a lot of fun and directed by the Ghostbusters reboot movie, I mean, why why do that to the man? Look, no, he can, now he's done, he's done a stuff. lot of good stuff. My favorite I mean, is the first thing that comes to Oh, me. I was gonna say my favorite is Spy. Rose Byrne, Jason oh, Statham, sure. Melissa McCarthy. Love that film. That probably with the action element, probably more in line with, with this kind of thing. That's Look, true. I like I love these types of like futuristic kind of like 
like what kind of world how did we end up with this weird twist you know something like like a death race 2000 where it's like like this is the world now and this is an event that you can participate in and you know like but it's like real real stakes like your life is on the line you can die but there's money to be made so let's do it so uh, yeah you're right the concept is is wacky but sounds exciting yeah could be it is a comedy right action comedy yep action comedy oh yeah though i can already see i can already see the just the it the works the cast yeah. the director the concept is all there all right our last uh main discussion point here the movie is the the trailer for the pope's exorcist as Russell Crowe battling demonic possessions in Rome. So that dropped. We watched it. You watched it very recently, right before we hit record, because I did. Yeah. And fresh. And I started talking about it just before we hit record, because it got to the point in, in the trailer, and it was very, you know, so, so it looks fine. I mean, when you see Sony pictures, screen gems, you're like, oh, okay. You, you know, what kind of film <laughs> to expect? But then I do it, get that feeling. I really do. <laughs> but then when it cuts to Academy Award winner Russell Crowe, I'm like, what's, what's he doing? But you know what? It it looks entertaining and more so for having him involved. It's bonkers and it's one of those where inspired by, but that doesn't mean too much. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> It just it looks it looks fine. I mean, we've seen things like this recently in like conjuring films, like you know, the third conjuring one we had, what was it, The Devil Made Me Do It, or whatever that one was called. <laughs> Possession of a young boy. Devil. Yes. Hey. <laughs> and now we're talking about the Pope's possession. Wait, it looks Pope's all right. It, it looks all right, but some films are just made for streaming, and I feel like that's how I'm going to watch this film, but I'm sure I'll watch it at home, lights turned off on a Saturday night, and enjoy it. I feel like, I mean, watching this trailer, that's the only plan I have in my head. I have no other plan. I forget, is this theatrical? <laughs> because maybe this it is, is theatrical. Make- no, no, no. This well, no, is, plan is the, same. the plan is I will not pay to see this movie. I will have it included in some sort of streaming subscription. So technically, you're paying for it, but it's not. It's not an itemized payment. It's a. It's within a package, so it doesn't. I won't feel as angry after. No, like I will be watching this at home. Probably like me and the wife watch heaps of crappy horror films. Not saying this one will be. But there's a chance it will. Look, it doesn't look great. It doesn't look great. I mean, Russell Crowe's in it, he, and, he and that's it. Doing okay. He's doing okay. In the it looks, like, there's nothing really yeah. fundamentally bad with what I'm seeing of him. It's, it's just I don't know. I've got to be honest. And when it, if if he wasn't in it, I don't think we'd be sat here talking about it. It's nah. for me. That's that's the appeal and just the name of the movie. I think I saw the poster first, and I thought it was just like a. A fan-made thing. He just looked pretty like, what's uh, what's this? The Pope's Exorcist. It seems like one of those, like, just those, like the title makes it sound like one of those low-budget, kind of just made by a cheap studio 
you find it in a discount bin. It somewhere. does. Or like on one of those websites where you might go get movies <laughs> illegally, which I don't frequent. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> uh all right, so what we're going to do next is basically just a wrap-up of some other news stories. If you've got a tiny bit of commentary, you can chuck it in, but otherwise we'll just churn through it. So you want to start us off and we'll just, we'll just go through it. An animated Batman Beyond movie is reportedly in the works at Warner Brothers as the answer to Sony's Spider-Verse movies. This is a project that was in development before... James Gunn, Peter Saffron um, took over DC Studios. Whether that means this is no longer going to happen, but I can see it. And I'm surprised it's taken them this long. I mean, we are, it feels like months away from the sequel to Into the Spider-Verse. So for Warner Brothers to say, hey, we can do our own. We have Batman Beyond which they've not done anything with on screen for a number of years. But whether it happens remains to be seen. Worst case, it's it's just one of the home release <laughs> films, and it's it's not as big as they as as Spider Man, the Spider Verse movies. On that though, uh, new image of Oscar Isaac's Miguel O'Hara in Spider Man Across the Spider Verse was released. I mean, damn, it was pretty obscure, the image. I'm not going to lie. It was kind of just kind of... Well, it's him, him scaling a building. They're, they're doing this yeah. a lot, though, um, but it's often the same characters, whereas I believe this is the first one of Spider-Man 2099 that they put out recently. So I thought that was um, pretty cool. Tom Hardy has revealed Venom 3 is in pre-production, revealed, threatened... You decide. But uh, Venom 3 <laughs> is coming. <laughs> the movie's made money. Of course it's coming. Like, where, you know, they didn't ask us permission, but they don't need to. Um, Steven Yun has joined the cast of Marvel Studios' Thunderbolts in a, in quotations, key role. We can sit here and speculate, but we won't unless you have something that you want to throw out there. Anna Faris and Craig Robinson <laughs> will join Dave Batista and Chloe Coleman in Amazon's upcoming My Spy, The Eternal City. Is this the sequel to My Spy? Yes, it is. it is. I I mean, that's a film that we watched, reviewed, and I think both thought it was perfectly fine. And yeah, it, it worked. And it was very much in the vein of Spy Next Door, Jackie Chan. The Pacifier, Vin Diesel. I was blank. Probably yeah, definitely, yeah. Definitely do you know what? We 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 liked it, um, and it was decent. But I'm still surprised by this news. But Prime Video, you say? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yes. Yeah, it sure. always makes yeah. it a little bit more appealing and more likely that we'll watch it as I don't a have to go anywhere. I don't have to find a babysitter. I mean, theatrical experience is definitely way to go, but, you know, streaming... I mean, just going back All right, to that's... the casting, though, that, that first movie worked, but now we're going to get a sequel. We've added Anna Faris and Craig Robinson. I like both of those two people, so good. We just do posters now. It's just like, the sequel, bonus Anna Faris, bonus <laughs> Craig Robinson. That's celebrate. All right, that's it for the, the movie half of our show. 
Um, let's crack on to the TV news. So you can start us off. What's our what's our first TV story? Star Trek Discovery will end with the upcoming season five at Paramount Plus. Did you see this coming? Um, was it sort of like no, they're wrapping. I've got up. I've got to be honest. Um, it's one of those things where. When I was told, I'm like, yeah, okay, that probably that probably feels feels right. I mean, we have a lot to be grateful for with Star Trek Discovery. I mean, that is the show that brought Star Trek back to the small screen. Until then, we'd had those uh, JJ movies and yeah, like Star Trek had been absent from the small screen, I believe, since Star Trek Enterprise. And I've got to be honest, like, as the series have gone on, I've not enjoyed it as much as when it first started. That first season was fantastic. The second season set up Star Trek Strange New Worlds, which is coming back for a second season. We're currently watching the third season of Picard. We've got animated series Lower Decks and Prodigy. It all started with Star Trek Discovery. So I will always appreciate the show for that. But finishing with season five, I'm okay with that. I still like great cast, characters and visuals. But yeah, I'm not to be mean, but I'm okay with it ending but again i'll always be grateful for this show no it's not mean and sometimes look you know sometimes it is whether it's finishing on a high or not you know to have a have an arranged wrap up and it'd be better than to be like hey we did the fifth season and then we got cancelled so at least yeah maybe they, they have a chance to end things well and look i'm i'm well behind so it's hard for me to sort of really commentate on on the happenings of the TV Star Trek, but obviously like Picard is coming to an end as well. So in terms of like the, just the live action shows, it's just the three at the moment, isn't it? And obviously yeah. two of them are finishing. So, and and with uh, Strange New Worlds being, you know, sort of like the spin-off of this or, or maybe, maybe that's the direction of where they want Star Trek on TV to be. Like, is that going well? Is Strange New Worlds going well? Well, it's my favourite. I mean... There you go. So maybe that's where, and look, I'm, and I've struggled with Discovery, you know, from the start. I've, and even with what they're doing with Picard, it's it's different. It's different to original Star Trek. Obviously, it, it plays on different things because we're bouncing off, like, you know, the, the I know, but original and, and those movies, yeah. and they're doing something different. It's it's a whole thing, and there's an audience for it. I, I, I get it. I've voiced that I know, before. but original Star Trek, not just Star Trek, but all TV was episodic that's that's just what it was that's what they've returned to with strange new worlds and a lot of people right. like it for that and it, and it works and it works well whereas discovery rather than the serial approach which most tv is now like you're going to have like yeah. a, a season-long story well, like tv has also evolved like you said like a lot of tv is serial but of course there's always th- those place for those you know your meat and potatoes enclosed episodic shows but um, with I don't know, maybe adventures, single yeah. episode adventures is the. But what's the happening way. though is that you're going to get like a one and done episode where in Strange New Worlds the crew of the Enterprise are going to 
meet and interact with aliens in a particular world. They're going through something, and that episode will wrap up. But what the characters themselves are going through is told over a season. So you're still getting that long form storytelling, but it's yeah, like almost yeah. like a case of the week, like it's episodic, and it and it is working well for Strange With New World. Season arc, yeah, that's. And then Picard is a whole other thing. Like before anybody had seen a single episode, it was announced it was going to be a three part series, and that's it. Three seasons, and they're done, which was mapped out. But I, I do think there's been some course correction anyway. But the third <laughs> season. Of Picard, had a plan. episodes in is is fantastic. I'm loving every minute of that. But Discovery, yeah, it's a five seasons, which is a good run. If you feel good about it, though, well, not yeah, good. You know what I mean. Like if you feel like it's you're at peace with it, then maybe it is the right move. Well, they know what's happening, so that they can end it. Like you say, it's not like you know the cast are waiting for a season six pickup and then they find out that's <laughs> it. Nobody's coming back. Yeah, yeah, it's very different. And look, hey, the you know, it's Star Trek. It's a big universe. There's heaps of other characters to to get to know and explore. But these characters from Discovery can always pop up again. We might they see them started again in the years. past where you've seen them, but now where they're where they're based is so far in the future. It's further than we've ever seen in Trek before. So they are not interacting with anybody, unless somehow they can. But that's, we should probably <laughs> leave it there because you've not caught up. There's still time. I mean, look, time travel. <laughs> what hey, time we, travel? We, we first saw it, I mean, maybe not for the first time, but famously saw it in Star Trek for the voyage home. Time travel exists Star in Trek the, in the Star Trek world. It's, it's, it's all good. We might see them again. It's fine. Um, HBO Max's The Penguin, which is, of course, a spinoff of The Batman, casts Clancy Brown as Gotham City mob boss uh, Salvatore Moroni. So we've got The Penguin. Now we've got Mr. Krabs. I see what they're doing here. It's great. No, like, look, uh, Clancy Brown, in his own right, live action, is a good actor. Um, I think the last thing I saw him was would have had to have been that that Dexter season that Dexter right. New Blood yeah. where he was I can't remember if this was a reveal so maybe it's a small I don't think so no, maybe don't do it then maybe it don't a... do it just in case okay. Clancy oh, look, Brown in the role that he played in that yeah really good actor he's a really really good actor you know we've seen him TV film in film we've got him as the bad guy in the first Highlander movie he's done various other things over the years in animation Superman the Animated Series, he was Lex Luthor. We've seen so much Clancy Brown over the years. I just think the casting just feels right because this is shared continuity, as you say, with the Batman film and films. We're getting the Batman part two. Where we usually see him, so he's kind of like, he does a lot of TV now. It just seems like a good actor for them to get, you know, to, is that he's not quite he's in between TV and film, and with this show being connected to those films, I don't know. I think it's really good casting, and he's not just playing anybody. I mean, he's playing Salvador Baroni, which is pretty cool. Yeah, no, I, I do, I do like it. But I mean, we've known for a while that this show is happening. It's connected to that first movie. Colin Farrell is back, but now we're slowly getting other cast members added. 
Stranger Things prequel play, The First Shadow, set in 1959 with a young Jim Hopper and Joyce, and the early days of Vecna is coming to London's West End later in 2023. I mean, I think that's the last, well, I was going to say the first time we've ever mentioned London's West End on the podcast, but this is going to be a... I'm sure it's come up. <laughs> I don't think it has. It's going to be a, sure a live... We- no, come on, why would we? Anyway, this is the story. We're not talking TV. It's a stage play, but it's Netflix. I would be very, very surprised if this doesn't get put out as like a televised special at some point. I mean, is it is it canon? Like, is this something with accurate references of... It's Stranger Things. things the Duffer Brothers are involved. Yeah, no, this is absolutely Stranger this is Things. 100% legitimate. There is story here that if we want the complete chronicles of the Stranger Things, we need to have this. That's covered. what I'm saying. Oh, they've gone I'm... to London unless they televise it. They're going <laughs> they... to London. We're going to have to. Come on, they'll televise it and a lot of people will tune in. I mean, look, if this is legitimately successful, could be a world tour uh, <laughs> over the next That's few true. years. And will we go? Who knows? Um, <laughs> could we potentially, obviously, can, let's say it comes to Australia in, in like two years' time, could we see the first live show review on this podcast? Do you know, just, just hearing that, it'd be huge, wouldn't it? It would be huge. So maybe they won't televise it. I think it will. Are you kidding? Stranger Things is still as big now as it's ever been. If they were going to bring a live show to Perth, absolutely people would turn up for it. I mean, but then I think of things like, yeah, you you think of the big things like The Lion King or or whatever. You're just like, yeah, huge, like tour around the world, you know, all that kind of stuff. But then you think of other stuff that, you know, potentially should have been really big, like, the live stage Spider-Man thing, you know, like with, with, with Bono doing all the music and stuff. That should have been big. You know, that was on Broadway. That didn't, the get, didn't that get shut down after a stuntman got oh, injured? Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, like you shut down temporarily, but it was back. It still did its full <laughs> cycle of, of right. Yeah, okay, maybe it just got complicated. But, I mean, yeah, it's got something big. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. How does Broadway in the West End work? How does live performances we don't know what is, what is that industry <laughs> so foreign anyway what's the next story i'm completely lost very unprofessional um it keeps flicking me back up to movie news we're done we've done that um hbo max officially orders it <laughs> prequel series welcome to dairy set in the same universe as the film adaptations based on stephen king's original novel and andy muschietti will return to direct multiple episodes of the series so it's all official we've been hearing whispers rumors all that about it it's happening yeah no it's, yeah like you say we've heard about it for a while but <laughs> yeah. it's one of those where it's been the news story for a while and now it's confirmed but worth noting though isn't it the fact that it absolutely is happening now although andy muschetti directing um some episodes that's um that's new we didn't know i imagine he'll probably he'll probably be locked in to do the pilot get the thing up and running that makes sense i mean essentially the movies are the pilot but you know what i mean like just make sure everything's in place maybe do a couple halfway through or 
do the finale. I don't know, whatever this ends up being, but at least we've got confirmation that it is set in the same universe. So anything that happens here, you know, it's like watching the stage play of, of Stranger Things. It's, it's, it's important. It's, it's the mythology. of It's the all movie. canon. It's all there. It's all canon. It's good. Um, I guess on that, that's it for our main stories, but there's a few other TV news items that we just want to knock off. So let's do it. The CW series Gotham Knights casts Doug Bradley, who famously played the demonic pinhead in the Hellraiser films as Joe Chill, the criminal who killed Bruce Wayne's parents. So cool bit of um, casting there. I mean, I mean, have you watched this show yet? No, I haven't has. touched it. It's not out. <laughs> it is not has out. We're like, we're a couple of weeks the away. The first episode was out. Nope. episode was out. Really? Absolutely not. No, okay, fair enough. No, no, it comes out. In fact, I can get you the exact dates. I do know it's middle of, it's the middle of this month, so middle of January. It actually airs the premiere on, where are we? It comes out the 15th. So it comes out the same day as the Lois and Clark season three premiere. So in the US. On one of those, like, out this month kind of post. Right. So that's what it would be. So in in the US, they get it on CW. Here we get it on on binge. So I will be watching it. Um, Joe Chill, how big of a part can you play? Because this show, the whole point of this show is that Batman's dead. And then you've got Jason Todd and another. Like a group of vigilantes looking to avenge his death, find out what really happened to Batman. So whether they're going to do once again, Martha, Pearls, Crime Alley, and that's where we're going to see Joe Chill, or maybe Joe Chill is still around after after Batman is dead. So I have to wait and see. But I thought it worth mentioning because it's pretty cool casting. Um, what I will say, though, Uh, The final thing I'll say on this, the consensus that I'm seeing online about this show, dead on arrival. I don't want to believe it. I want to give it a shot. But nothing, I mean, that's interesting, that bit of casting there, but nothing else is really getting me excited. I'll watch it March 15th. I'll tune in. I'll check it out. Who am I kidding? I'll watch the whole thing. But I'm not too... Gotham Knights going the same way as the Waynes. It's uh, that was a grim note. Um, <laughs> all right, Nick Offerman, Megan Mullally, and David Cross have officially joined the cast of The Umbrella Academy season four, and I'm not anywhere up to date with it. The fourth and final season, I I've still only seen the first season, which I loved. And I don't know why I didn't come back for season two, season three. Since season two, it's been on my watch list on Netflix. I just haven't yeah. continued. I will. I'll I'll watch it. Because I didn't really like it. I don't know what happened. Actually, talking about ending, the Goldbergs. Ten seasons at ABC coming to an end. I loved that show when it first started. And I stuck with it, I think, six, maybe, no, no, seven, maybe eight seasons. I I was with it for a long time, and I was really enjoying it. And then I got to a point where I was was watching Out of Habit, and then 
I just decided at one particular season finale, that's it, I'm done. So I did tap out early, but I don't know. I I used to really enjoy the Goldbergs yeah. and and not just a little bit. I used to really, really enjoy it, but it did. Oh, it's fantastic, yeah. It lost something. Clo- I mean, it had been on the air for many, many seasons before it, it lost me, but 10 seasons is impressive. And it even got a spin-off, Schooled. That got at least two seasons. Did you watch all of that too? I did, yeah. I watched all of Schooled. Yeah. I just didn't watch all of the Goldbergs. It, no, the Goldbergs definitely, like, it had a weird kind of pocket sort of, yeah, around like season six, seven. I feel like they have sort of rejuvenated a little bit. That the events of casting changes some unwanted some they did out of you know necessity behind the scenes stuff um yeah deaths bad behavior all that kind of stuff anyway the show sort of reformatted different dynamics there's a baby a whole lot of stuff um i don't know it's i'm up to date and it's 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 still fresh it's still good but i mean at a certain point the 80s a decade 10 years 10 seasons it's quite fitting this must be how you felt felt about Star Trek Discovery. It's like, ah, oh, like I'm sad. Like I really enjoy this show. You know, you made a good they, point there. Yeah, it's a show that takes it's place in the eighties. Ten years they've done the decade. The spin-off Schooled took place in the nineties. So there you go. Like they've they've exhausted the eighties over ten years. Ten again, maybe ten seasons is a good effort. Maybe they'll bring the Goldberg. Maybe they'll bring you know school back, and the Goldbergs can make a return. But yeah, sad. Um, all right, that's it for all of our news items. Just checking. Yep, confirmed. Cool. We've got some recommends to finish us up on. What have you got? I'm a good recommender film that I honestly would have really liked to have done a full review, but. The schedule's been packed this year. We've had so many movies to review. Unfortunately, we didn't get to this one. We Have a Ghost, which is a Netflix film directed by Christopher Landon. He was the reason why I wanted to watch this film in the first place. The writer-director of Happy Death Day, Happy Death Day 2, Freaky. Loved those three films. And you know what? I recently did a rewatch in anticipation of this film of the Happy Death Day films. Incredible. Those films are so good. And he had a story to finish the trilogy that he's not been able to tell. Hopefully we get that third movie because those films are great. The first one is a horror. And then the second film does a whole new different thing. Lots of fun. Sci-fi. <laughs> Sci-fi. Oh, it's just so much fun. But you think Christopher Landon and you think, you know, horror, gore, comedy. This is a PG-13 horror film. It's very, very different. Starring David Harbour, Anthony Mackie, Jennifer Coolidge is in here. The plot. After finding a ghost with a murky past haunting their new house, a family becomes internet sensations and the targets of a shadowy government agency. It doesn't all work for me, I've got to be honest. The um, the last thing I just said there, the shadowy government agency, is my least favourite part of the film. But overall, this film 
is a good time. I saw that first trailer and it looked okay at best. The film itself is funny, sweet, spooky, charming. Like it's got so many good qualities that they managed not to include in the trailer. But um, if you've not seen it, absolutely check it out. It's streaming on Netflix. It's on my list. Um, I unfortunately just haven't been around. I mean, it's only been out a, a week or two, hasn't it? Uh, at least or two weeks, two, maybe it? three. But yeah, a couple of weeks. Uh, I have no excuse. But no, actually, I do have lots of them. Um, but yeah, it, it's on the list. I will get around to it. Um, all right, what I'm recommending, it's kind of confusing because it's like, am I recommending just the one season or like the season and a half that I've seen of it or the whole show? I don't know. But it's um, Icons Unearthed. Here in Australia, you can find it on Binge. You can find one and a half seasons of it. Probably not even one and a half. We're like three, four episodes into the second season. All right, what this show does, um, it's by those guys who did like, you know, the movies that made us and, and those and other sorts of documentary type series in the, in that vein, you know, like sort of there's a comedic twist to what they're presenting, quite entertaining, fun, you know, nothing too dramatic. The first season focuses on Star Wars, like the Star Wars franchise, the film series, the fandom, the all of that from the creation of the films, George Lucas doing his thing, all the movie magic to where you know it all it all went the second season and this was my hook this is where i discovered them and i was like okay wow a season devoted to the simpsons um and i I suppose like this is what i'm recommending week by week i'm waiting sitting there for the next episode um i mean there's a lot of stuff that do my own horn already kind of know but it is great to just see this in not just uh in snippets of here's some information but like a devoted tv series documentary about the simpsons like and again origins the the rise of the success and which uh, and i anticipate the sort of the future of of the i guess the show the franchise and how it sort of became a phenomenon and is still doing its thing to a lesser degree but you know still has its fans like myself and then we've got future seasons i think even though it's not available in australia yet but they've started launching the episodes of the third season which is devoted to the fast and furious franchise all things vin diesel paul walker what? fast and crazy. furious fast and furious <laughs> Wow. Um, I think, I believe they said season four is going to be the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, ah, but we all know that though. We're all very familiar. I mean, yeah. But this week had a summary in a a television documentary thing. They are fun. They are fun. They are fun. So I guess the idea is like what they're looking at is these huge pop culture beasts and they're summarizing them, the journey that. From, again, from conception to where they are now, what was the journey? Oh, How did it all happen? Yes. What does it all mean? It's a great show. And again, like I said, I'm sitting there waiting for the next episode of the freaking Simpsons just to find out. Right. I mean, not find out. I mean, I know what's happening, but just what do they have to say? What are they putting on screen for me? And if there's any, I'm, I'm learning a few things, which is great. Add to my Simpsons behind the scenes knowledge. I love it. And of course, the, the Star Wars season, fantastic. So... 
I'm loving this show too, so you don't need to recommend it to me. Yeah, actually, I think you already have. <laughs> maybe off air. I think I mean, maybe I, you brought it. But you did. You brought it to my attention. I had seen icons on Earth Star Wars advertised, but I didn't realize who was behind it. And then, so I still haven't seen that one, but I have been watching the Simpsons one. I'm maybe an episode behind. So I've done episode one was the Tracy Ullman show. Episode two is the pilot. And then going on from there, which I didn't know until watching this, that essentially the main cast of the Simpsons were cast because they worked on the Tracy Ullman show. They that's why they that's why they were cast. They were around and they started doing those shorts. So I'm finding out some new stuff. I'm thoroughly it was just convenient. Thoroughly, <laughs> thoroughly enjoying it. But what you've just said they just blow my mind. Like these guys doing Fast and the Furious. I mean, a franchise that started with Vin and his mates stealing DVD players from the back of a truck to being <laughs> in space. <laughs> that's I mean, going to be an interesting series. I mean. There's a story behind that, isn't there? Like, how did that happen? How did it become? I mean, what I do know, Fast and the Furious originally was essentially a remake of Point Break. Patrick Swayze, Keanu Reeves, instead of being extreme sports, race cars or fast cars. I mean, yeah. That's it. Yeah, it's good. And yeah, I mean, yeah, the Fast and Furious season has launched in like the States and whatnot. I'm sure we'll get it eventually. Hopefully, just on the heels of The Simpsons, they'll I'll just do back to back. Come on, binge. Yeah, I hope so. Otherwise, I mean, like, uh, piracy is an option, I suppose, but don't do that. Just wait. But it's, it's weird, though, because you have to search <laughs> for Star Wars and Simpsons separately when you're searching on They're Bing. almost like two but different when, shows. Yeah, yeah, they are like two different shows, but when you, when you click on Simpsons, the tab says season two. Anyway, yeah, that's a binge problem, I think. It's just, yeah, it's just how they want to stream it on their platform. Well, that's it for another episode of That Film Shoe. If you haven't already, check out our other shows, Rewind and Review and Sounds Like Comics. Each of those shows also have their own Facebook pages. If you missed it, be sure to check out our recent reviews of Knock at the Cabin and Cocaine Bear. And stay tuned for our upcoming reviews of Legion of Superheroes, Creed 3, and The Whale. Thanks for joining us for another round of movie and TV news. You've been listening to Luke. And you've been listening to Jason. We're the guys from that film, Stu. See you soon. <laughs>